0: No Chris, it is Christmas season at long last. The snow is whirling, uh, children playing, having fun. And of course, with Christmas season comes one of the best things about Christmas time, and that's Christmas music. But with that being said, I got a bone to pick with the Christmas music industry. This is going out to anyone thinking of making a new Christmas album uh, for next year. Write more original Christmas songs. We all like a good Christmas album, they're all fun, but they're really starting to get boring. Like, every Christmas album is just the same 12 selections of the same 20 or so songs, so you get a bit of variety. But, like, there are only so many ways that we can cover Jingle Bell Rock. It's been done. It's been perfected. Jingle Bell Rock is over, and that's just an example. So often on Christmas albums, especially the new ones for me, it's the originals that stand out way more than any cover. Buble's album, for example, a modern Christmas classic, features Cold December Night, by far the best song on the album, and I believe the only original. You look at other uh, great Christmas albums of the last few years, Bare Naked Ladies, Bare Naked for the Holidays, they have Elf's Lament on that album, featuring Michael Buble, funnily enough. Another absolute banger, a Christmas banger, off of Justin Bieber's Mistletoe, the best song is of course Mistletoe, All I Want for Christmas is You, everyone's favorite. That was an original uh a big shout out to a problematic person in Sia for making an entirely original Christmas album a couple of years back. Got some absolute uh classics out of that one and that just that is what I want to see more of. Stop coasting on the worn out classics to make a quick buck. Everything you can think of has been done. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's been covered in every single way. You've got nothing left to give. Instead, show us your talent, show us your originality and your creativity, and give us some new classics for a new era. Uh, if you do agree with me and what I'm saying, be sure to check out my Christmas playlist on Spotify, The Perfect Christmix. Really trying to grow that. We've been, we'll tweet it out on the uh, show Twitter. And aside from that, Merry Christmas, everyone. Chris, what is it? Well,
1: Griffin, you know, it's a great thing for podcasts, a bad thing for trees. It's time for a high floor, low ceiling.
0: ways that you've ever come up with and it sounds even better the second time doesn't it (laughs) that it does a little peek behind the curtain for all of you our file was corrupted our file was corrupted
1: that's sort of like a west coast kind of groove
0: yeah yeah you get a talk box in there it's funny in the uh in the first recording of this episode we spent a long time talking about how much we love this studio that we're sitting in right now <laughs> yeah, and, this, really did, and this school that uh you and I met at Chris we met a lot of great people mm-hmm. and we did have great memories but I no longer have love for this studio because like we said our file was corrupted. corrupted. <laughs> okay, should we should we abandon the podcast and start a vocal group?
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, yes, Griffin, we were, I, and I'm not taking the introduction away from you because this is your show. I'm letting you do the ship this episode. Um, but yes, we got about 30 minutes in uh, to our first recording of this episode. But you know what? It, what? How many times uh, have we said to ourselves after recording an episode, I wish I had gotten a first draft of that. And then the second time, I feel like I could really nail it.
0: Oh, I... I think that every time i listen to you uh what yeah you know uh it's christmas it's the season your heart is corrupt (laughs) (laughs) that's nothing no that's good that's good um it's the time for second chances so i'm willing Mm -hmm. to give this uh recording software a second chance uh first of all though hello welcome this is high floor low ceiling the eagerly anticipated chris has really been uh drumming up our christmas episode for those of you that follow us along with us on twitter You'll know that it was being withheld until my store, my grocery store Mm -hmm. that I work at, started playing Christmas music. It has started playing the Christmas music. It does not play good Christmas music, but it is Christmas music nonetheless. Certainly, all covers, not uh, not a lot of originals. originals.
1: Not a lot of law. Sorry, uh, you work in a major grocery chain. I do a major Canadian grocery chain. Uh, We won't say which one, but uh, no no originals from members of uh, of the corporation.
0: Uh, there's a couple solid ones in there. The best one that we play is definitely uh, the Temptations version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, I'm not saying all covers are bad, but like...
1: Yeah, there's the, the Drifter's cover of White Christmas. I'm particularly partial to that one. Uh, I did spend a Christmas season working working retail at the LCBO, so I do know uh, what... Don't you mean a popular Ontario alcohol <laughs> chain? <laughs> yeah, a fa- uh, uh, a popular provincial liquor control board... <laughs> <laughs> uh and so i do know the feeling of constantly having christmas music piped in it actually i did not you know want to saw my own ears off or anything of that nature I, I didn't mind it too much
0: no i didn't mind it either especially because it for most retail people it has been the exact same playlist for like seven or mm-hmm. eight months before that so any change is welcome at least for the first little bit i just wish they would play better christmas music maybe they should play the perfect Christmas mix on spotify uh, that's the perfect, and then Christ mix like C H R I S T M I X. We'll tweet the link, but just in case you want to search it, you didn't want to wait that long. It
1: does, of course, Griffin. Look, as I mentioned to you previously, it does look like the perfect Christ mix.
0: Well, yeah, that was one concern, but if you say it out loud, uh, I think it is a great, <laughs> a great podcast or a great playlist title. So, if you are
1: looking for the playlist, just close your eyes, type it in, and then get your uh, your text to speech fired up and uh and just listen to it and i'm sure the bot will correctly of course say the perfect chris mix and not christ mix
0: chris mix sounds like a good like snack. cereal yeah, yeah. like yeah. a christmas version of chex mix or something mm-hmm.
1: the perfect Christmas max that's a good song the cereal
0: is Kara
1: yeah that's with christmas spirit we should take that on the we should really flesh that out into a yeah. full song uh, but yes griffin happy holidays to everyone uh, merry christmas you know we we are it, this is ostensibly a christmas special i think we can call it a holiday special we not to tip our hand but we do have some some various holidays or at least two holidays incorporated uh, of course many other winter holidays being celebrated around this time of year so whether you're a, a midwesterner or a a northeaster you know griffin because speaking of the northeast There was a a major, uh, a Christmas miracle, if you will, that occurred this week. Uh, The high floor, low ceiling bump doing its work yet again in Michigan.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, Last week, we discussed the Detroit Lions. We discussed their beloved coach, Dan Campbell. I thought you were talking about Jack Campbell, but nope, it was Dan Campbell. And um, yes, they came out with the big win. The high floor, low ceiling reverse jinx strikes mm-hmm. again. If we mention your your team on the show, uh, there's nothing but good things coming. Yeah. So-, so shout out to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm sure that they
1: will bounce back from this uh, this crippling defeat. Well, now that we've mentioned them, they certainly will. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, the, it was it was great to see the Lions pull out that win. You saw some video of inside the locker room. Uh, Dane Campbell was given the game ball for uh, for his efforts coaching. You could really see. As I mentioned last week, how the players uh players rally around him, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, but at any rate, you really saw that the love that they have and it was nice to see them finally uh finally pull one out for the old camp bell.
0: Yeah, happy for the uh Lions. Um and they'll probably still get the number one pick in the draft. So you got a little bit of best of both worlds mm-hmm. there. Uh but of course, Chris, we did promise a very heavily themed episode this week. I think yes. that's about all of the non theme stuff we can take yeah we're pure gimmick this week oh absolutely we are reaching into the uh stalking and really coasting our way huh (laughs) i don't know i'll cut all that um (laughs) i lost my metaphor but yes chris uh a couple weeks ago the last time we were in the studio with clem you gave us an update you were starting to get into the christmas season with your uh movie viewing as you tend to do habitually you had started with silent night deadly night do we have a christmas movie update now that we are into the month of december Griffin, we absolutely do. I don't know if I
1: mentioned it on the podcast previously, but I was taking part in what I call Vember, which is uh, a month, during the month of November, you watch movies that are funny. Um, <laughs> that's that's quite the title. Yeah, I believe. Um, the, final, the final film I watched in Vember was the Comedy Central roast of Justin Bieber. Uh, that's a good one to seek out if you haven't. Also, Comedy Central roast of James Franco. Very solid. Uh, you know, there's some there's a great performance from Andy Samberg. Others, uh, Bill Hader Ooh, was I a like... favorite of yours, I believe. Yeah,
0: big fan of Bill Hader.
1: But yes, but we have we have segued from funny Vember into nice which is where you Nice-em- watch okay. nice movies. Okay. Uh, thank you for pretending like you're hearing this for the first time. Uh, the criteria is there's somewhat it's somewhat nebulous uh, to what defines a nice movie. Uh, some good examples. Any film by Steven Spielberg is uh, most likely part of the nice ember canon. Even Jaws, I would say, is is sort of has nice ember vibes. Um, the The works of Tom Hanks in his starring turns uh, are often nice ember. Anything really released in December that sort of has that vibe, like you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy were famously they were all released uh, in the month of December, and I think they have the appropriate. Vibes to uh to to be a nice December film. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a christmas film Uh in my opinion a christmas film is by default nice December. But in terms of uh of the christmas the christmas ilk if you will griffin I have watched a couple of christmas films already. I'm sure I will gear up for more as uh as we approach the day But I did watch elf this week, which i'm sure you will agree is a a modern classic of the genre
0: Yes, oh, absolutely. Elf, I think, uh, definitely one of the best Christmas movies of the last 20 years. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but mm-hmm. I do think, like, of all the Christmas movies to come out in the 21st century, Elf is definitely, maybe the only one that has established itself as, like, an every year classic sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think it's almost like, a, it's a bit of a all-I-want-for-Christmas-is-you type, where it, it established itself very quickly in the in the classic canon, and you know, is really one of the only ones to make it in there uh, in the last 25 years. Are you a fan at all of, uh, I feel like we talked about this maybe last week or something, but are you a fan at all of the uh, the Christmas uh, Netflix movies or the Hallmark Christmas movies? You, I, I've heard that you enjoy the Princess Switch. Is that true? Well, yeah, you
0: heard that the first time we <laughs> recorded this, uh, this episode. But I, I ordinarily do not get into the... Uh, hallmark style movies but as a big high school musical fan had to check out uh, my girl v hudge Mm -hmm. uh, giving a parent trap like performance and god are they not incredible her british accent is flawless uh i was so excited when they added a third vanessa Hudgens for the princess switch 2 i have not seen the princess switch 3 yet i am eagerly anticipating it although i am disappointed that they did not find a way to add a fourth vanessa Hudgens, it looks like they've capped themselves at three i think is disappointing i think they should be pushing her talent and mm-hmm. really forcing herself forcing her to play four characters in one movie mike myers did it
1: sure he is that right oh yeah in gold member he played member, gold course. member
0: austin dr evil and fat bastard a,
1: a character who i would argue is canceled now um yes all I, of them <laughs> mainly the the large fellow uh yes but I, I would agree with you. I've watched a couple of those weird ones. Like, the, it really is a, a cottage industry at this point in terms of... Oh, absolutely. It like doesn't Hallmark. They basically, like, put out a new movie every day. In the yeah, I December. think they put out,
0: like, 45 new movies a year, Christmas movies, from, like, American Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's insane. Like, it's what they make all of their money off of. Yeah, I mean, more power to them, I suppose. Um, the other one I've
1: watched is, uh, is Jingle All the Way, which is weirdly the Christmas movie I've perhaps seen the most. Uh, this is, of course, the mid-90s Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, Rita Wilson, Phil Hartman, Jake Lloyd, Anakin Skywalker himself. Uh, a very, uh, I would call it a sickening film in the sense that, <laughs> that it is. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, the, so I have, this is a very specific thing to me, but maybe you can empathize with this to some degree. There were these kinds of movies that, they would come on. It's a it's a real it's a Sunday afternoon vibe, and for some reason, just watching like watching them, it was weird. Like you didn't quite know what you were watching. It was often an older movie, so like the whole vibe was just different than what you were used to watching, and it kind of made your stomach hurt. Is this resonating at all with you? You made your stomach hurt. <laughs> you might you might have to get that checked out. I perhaps I do have. Well, never mind. I won't get into my medical history. <laughs> Probably a good call. <laughs> but uh, but yes, Jingle All the Way is the the kind of movie that will, would make your stomach hurt in in a in a nostalgic way. Uh, it is of course the story of Arnold as a a workaholic father who wants to get his son an action figure for Christmas. Uh, he goes through all kinds of exploits in order to get them. Uh, Sinbad plays a mailman. At one point, he threatens to bomb a radio station oh my god uh there's a lot involved and i won't, I won't spoil the climax of the film but truly a, a tour de force uh finished to that film so i would recommend anyone would check it out i know i've given it a a glowing review by yeah. saying it made me unwell but that's uh
0: physically damaged you
1: yes absolutely um griffin i i have a question for you what's a i mean without maybe spoiling some of the movies that we are going to talk about later not to bury the lead, um, do you have a, a recommendation for me for something that, that I might be able to watch uh, during my holiday watching?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, God, there are so many good ones out there. Of course, you know the classics, but one that I recommend to everyone I see, and it is it is on my <laughs> list that we'll come up with everyone later. Everyone you see. Literally, I'm running down the street. I'm shouting, watch, blank. I didn't want to uh, spoil no it. But, uh, yeah, the, the movie, it's on Netflix. It's an animated Christmas movie called Klaus. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly one of the most beautiful, visually beautiful and emotionally beautiful movies I've ever seen. I've watched it every Christmas since it came out. Uh, I did cry. It's got great performances, uh, a really great take on the Santa Claus story. Uh, the animation i cannot stress it it's 2d animation absolutely Mm. stunning if you are listening and you have seen close you are immediately nodding along with me and knowing this is the best christmas movie that's come out in the last 10 years and if you haven't seen it yet please make it part of your christmas watching this season you will not regret it
1: yeah i i I have not seen it it is very high on my list um but yeah i i'm you know big fan of 2d animation and it seems like it has the right uh it seems like it has a certain gentleness to it, rather than uh, the madcap adventures of, say, an Arthur Christmas.
0: Arthur Christmas is also a... I'm not, not disrespecting Arthur Christmas. Also, almost the one I recommended to you. That's one that I uh, got turned on to in recent years, but uh only seen it once, but also I thought a really good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a romp, I would characterize it as, but... But yeah, this one's like old-fashioned. There's no technology uh, you get... <laughs> Well, you know Arthur Christmas is all about this like tech tech heavy Santa, but this is this is magic central baby. Got great voice performances: Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, uh, Rashida Jones, the late great Norm Macdonald. Um, Sure, nothing not a bad thing to say about the movie Klaus.
1: Have you uh, just, and we will, I promise we'll get off this topic in a moment, but have you seen the, the Christmas Chronicle films, Griffin? Just out of I've curiosity. seen
0: the first one, which I actually did quite enjoy. I have not seen the second one yet. Uh, I probably will check it out at some point. Maybe I'll check it out this year. But the first one I thought was a solid movie that was elevated by Kurt Russell.
1: Yeah. A, a, one of our great actors. I've heard that the second one is quite crazy. I've heard it gets deep on Santa lore, so.
0: Yeah, which is always a, a dangerous line to walk. But an interesting one, you we must agree. I do like I do like a Santa movie a lot, but um yeah, Kurt Russell in that movie is just gives a really great Santa Claus. I think Santa Claus is a role that's been played by a lot of great actors. I think he definitely makes his mark on that. It's sort of like a Hollywood legacy role. Yeah, it's
1: uh you know, it's like uh Vito Corleone. I, that's <laughs> <laughs>
0: The that famously only ever been played by two people.
1: Yes, but I was thinking of the famously it's like uh the only two characters where multiple people have won Oscars for playing that character. One of them is Vito Corleone. And the other one's Santa Claus? The other, no, the other one is the Joker. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> sort of the antithesis of Santa Claus in a way. Yeah. And speaking of antitheses, Griffin, why don't you take us into our first segment? Well,
0: before that, Chris, uh, oh, yeah. I do have a surprise for you. before <laughs> <laughs> It's not much of a surprise cuz <laughs> yeah, as we've mentioned is... I uh, love the file this again was corrupted <laughs> and Chris has already heard the surprise but we'll going to we're going we're gonna to try and recreate how it went down the first time try and recapture the magic mm-hmm. which I think as we get to like the ages of 24 or like 28 or however old you are mm-hmm. uh, thirty four, I think that's what Christmas is all about trying to recapture the magic that was there the first time when you were young but it's just so much harder to recreate as we get older. Mm. Are we still talking about Christmas? Oh god. I'm so old. There's no no more joy in the world. Well. But you know what? Yes. This this is not the time for that. (laughs) Uh, So I do have a series of Christmas gifts for you, Chris, but you might be surprised to notice I'm not holding anything in my hand. This is not a tangible item. The heck? Instead, I have gifted to you three of my famous impressions. Uh, My voices, my accents have made several appearances over the course of this podcast. 2022, they're only going to come stronger and thicker.
1: Yes, most famously, pause, uh, most famously <laughs> on the episode New York Joes. <laughs> you. Oh, you're
0: trying to bring back New York <laughs> Joe? <laughs> hey, it's... Merry Christmas, Chris. Hey. You know that 80% of all Christmas movies are set in New York because that's the most magical city.
1: Hey, you know who I'd like to put on the naughty list? Those mooks down on Wall Street. Hey,
0: yo. Oh, oh they don't New pay York... their taxes. I'm New York in here. So, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, New York Joe. Uh, hope you're enjoying your family. <laughs> I don't know. Why do you... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Undercut me, so.
1: I'm sorry.
0: No, but seriously, a big shout out to New York Joe. Uh, we no, miss yes. you. We no, miss no, you really. when you're across we do, the border.
1: We do love that guy, so we really should pay him his proper respect. But, yes, Chris,
0: I have three impressions for you today. Famous Christmas characters from famous Christmas movies. I mm-hmm. uh, worked really hard on these for you. Uh, the, some of these I've literally been working on for years, and I finally found a good place to do them, and that's uh, as Christmas presents to you, a movie lover, to show you how much I appreciate again uh, host this pod with you and your friendship. Uh, so here's the first one. This is a movie that we've actually already discussed in this podcast. Wow. A, uh, this is an impression I work on every year when I see this movie. Quite often, I do a dueling impression with my sister. Shout out to my sister. Uh, but Huge shout out. This is the first one. Uh, Bye, buddy hope you find your dad
1: that's very good um what's really sad about this segment griffin and not to inject sadness into such a happy proceeding but what's really sad is that people won't know that i nailed these guesses uh the first time around you
0: did that's true
1: but this is of course uh the the north pole narwhal
0: from the film elf it is of course uh no, but yeah, Podcaster's Honor, Chris did go three for three on these impressions the first time around. Uh, second impression I have for you today, Chris. You don't want to talk about the Christmas normal at all? Well, I mean, is there a more iconic line <laughs> in the movie Elf? Yeah, nope. when he screams Santa. Or when he says, the only way to spread Christmas tree is singing loud for all to hear. Or when Peter
1: Dinklage says, call me Elf again.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, or uh, when he does the uh, singing Santagram. Mm-hmm. Um or his four food groups. Yep. But no, I think the most iconic line <laughs> is, Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. A line I am incapable of, of saying without doing the narwhal voice. I don't know who voices that narwhal, but they I'll really they got one line, and they really chewed it up and made us a Christmas classic. So shout out to them. Huge shout out. Huge <laughs> shout out to voice actors in general. Uh, really cool. I wish I could be like you. Um, and then my second impression that I had for you, Chris, was from a TV special. Uh, stars a little young animal who, uh, gets called cute by the female animal that he's crushing on, to which he responds, I'm cute! I'm cute! She said I'm cute! He sort of sounds nasally like that because his nose has been covered because he's trying to hide his nose. Mm-hmm. So those were the hints that you got.
1: <laughs> the, well, Yes, I did. Around. I would I would have needed the hints uh, for this one, certainly. But, you know, of course, when you say Christmas and you say nose, you know
0: I'm going to think of good old Rudolph. Good old Rudolph, indeed. Christmas and nose, there's no more classic combination. Unless you think, well, does Frosty uh, with his carrot? Is, no, that can't be more iconic than <laughs> Rudolph with his nose, His carrot it? nose? The worn Bob uh, Pipe. Yeah, a, a, button a button nose, nose of course. You know, so that just shows you how iconic Frosty's <laughs> nose is. I didn't even know what it was. So uh, Totally different material. Yeah. Uh, Frosty, suck it. Rudolph's always got the nose on lock. And my third and final impression for you, Chris, this one definitely brought you the most joy. Yeah, It, really uh, it is a one-word impression of one of the most famous characters in Christmas movie history. Um, one of the most famous actors in Hollywood history portrays this character. Uh, so, but I only have one word down. It's a very distinctive voice, and here it is, after, for, with no further ado.
1: Hey! <laughs> you know, I've heard it, I've heard it several times now, and every time it surprises me with,
0: uh... Hey! <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, movie house! Talks to the movie house, really. Yeah, and when he's running through the, uh... I've not, again, I've not seen woes. the film
1: um sure uh
0: merry christmas zuzu <laughs>
1: i always think of pazuzu who is of course the uh the demon inhabiting reagan mcneil in the exorcist so a uh, different
0: don't you you keep that garbage out of this different movie. energy for you sure keep that garbage out of this movie
1: but yes and i will i will of course counter with my impression once again uh and say Merry, merry. <laughs> I'm an old man, and again, I have not seen the film. So,
0: and yet, you still have a better Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I feel like I'm nailing it. We it did is... establish in the first recording that you—I don't think you've seen any Jimmy Stewart movies. I don't believe I have. You I still have a better impression than me. Well, you know, some people have it, some people don't, uh... and I definitely do not. <laughs>
1: but yes, this is of course the the great Jimmy Stewart in the great uh, Christmas classic, the the quintessential Christmas film. Uh, Mir, what the no? <laughs> oh, Jeez. I you almost said home Alone first. Revoked. It's a wonderful life.
0: It's a wonderful life, Mary.
1: Oh, he's in Rope. I've seen Rope, the Alfred Hitchcock oh, film.
0: Oh, okay. So there you go. There's your Jimmy Stewart movie. And did you find the voice actor for the Elf Narwhal?
1: Uh, you're gonna love this. First of all, when I searched Christmas Narwhal Elf, I guess Chris—he's not really a Christmas Narwhal. He's more no, just he's a Narwhal. No, he's just a
0: Narwhal who lives in the North Pole
1: um for i'm looking at a bye buddy hope you find your dad's shirt as well i'm telling you this is an iconic line um but in the one of my favorite features of google which was you know added in the last several years is the people also ask uh section just keep snorking your nose by
0: the way well no one had to know if you didn't mention it
1: well it's audible in the background but whatever uh One of the people also asks for the film Elf is, Who said, Bye, buddy, hope you find your dad? (laughs) Uh, But you're going to like this, Griffin. Mr. Narwhal, uh, you know, in the animated remake, Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas, Mr. Narwhal was replaced by Mr. Sea Serpent. What? Very interesting. Uh, have you Are you familiar at all with the Elf musical? I am not. I did not know that was a thing. It's an enjoyable time. Uh, I saw it with my family several years ago at the, the Grand Theater in London, Ontario. A lovely uh, Christmas tradition that we've had for several years is attending a, uh, a Christmas play. You know, it was Mary Poppins one year, Cinderella. That is uh, nice. Lots of good stuff there. Shrek the musical was oh, one God. year. Uh, but of course, Mr. Narwhal in the film Elf is voiced by none other. Than John Favreau, the really? director himself. Really?
0: I never would have guessed that that was him. A great voice performance by John Favreau. One of my favorite uh, directors. Big fan of his.
1: And now that we are twenty eight minutes into the podcast, good Griffin, God, the this the second time around, we took even longer on the intro. Yeah, I was going to say we somehow managed it. There might be some some dead spots in there that uh, that will be cut out, but. Let's, let's, ta- let's Terry no further and let's, uh, let's jump into these segments that you've prepared for us.
0: Yes, this is a sports podcast, but Chris, uh, there is a big po- problem facing the world today and that is overpopulation. It rears its ugly head in all sorts of uh, different ways and it's something that we have to address. But uh, one of the worst side effects, I think, is that as the world population grows, more and more children are born every year and that means more and more work <laughs> for Santa, so mm-hmm. I thought that we would help Santa out. He, of course, has to uh, decide every year whether everyone's naughty or nice and check it twice. So I thought we would take a few of those off his list and look at our naughty or nice lists for this year in sports because it has been a crazy year in sports. I guess we will start with the uh, naughty the naughty ones in sports this year. The naughty ones. Uh, and just to get this out of the way like <laughs> yeah, I did in the sports. first recording, the word naughty has been co-opted by the uh, pervert community. <laughs> We do not mean naughty in like an intriguing sexual Stop way. Stop saying here. intriguing. As a sexy citizen.
1: things are intriguing. I, sure, I suppose so. Like by definition, um, yes. I I love your verbiage, your use of the pervert community, uh, and as a as a resident, I <laughs> I feel obliged to. Yes, we we relinquish all claim over the word for at least until yeah, just the month. The, yeah, okay, you can have until the month. I was gonna say the twenty eighth. You know, you never know what you might get up to on New Year's, but...
0: That, you know what? That's true. So, you can take... I December 30th. Like you can, if you even... can
1: have all the way up to... We'll give you it all, and then we'll take the rest of the all year. Right. The
0: Christmas community thanks the perfect community <laughs> uh, for giving us our innocent word back. But, uh, yeah, so we've both prepared Naughty and Niceless for this year in sports. Um, I am going to start off with my naughtiest people of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm leaning, into the, whole, you are, leaning so. into the whole pervert thing. But uh, no, more. my naughty list is topped by anti-vaxxers in sports, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the COVID pandemic obviously been awful for everyone. The vaccine was a medical miracle and our, our way out. And these people have used their platform to sow distrust and misinformation in the public. So you guys are getting nothing but coal in your stockings and hopefully a lot worse because you have damaged people's lives I think by using your influence over young kids and fans all around the world to uh make this pandemic worse and to make it go on longer. So uh yeah, naughty naughty naughty.
1: Yeah, uh like you said we're you know we're we're pushing on to year I suppose year 3 or year 4 depending on how you're counting it of uh of the COVID 19 pandemic and you know and um, in some ways things have greatly improved from where we were last year in some ways they still seem a little bleak and so like you said i think there is definitely a, a responsibility for people with a platform to uh to step up there so i think that definitely that should be top of the list considering how dominant uh COVID was in our lives in 2020 one, of course, that's what year it is and I know what year it yes. is.
0: Yes. Oh yes. Again, once again I'm so glad that you established that <laughs> I you know things. What year it is. Um And, of course, the other entry on my list uh, were the Major League Baseball owners. Uh, You guys are locking out your players right now. You're refusing to treat your minor league players like human beings, all of that nonsense. So, Major League Baseball owners, you guys have been naughty. All right, Kristen, do you want to get just all the negativity out of the way? Uh, This was right where we lost our file last time. Our file was corrupted. corrupted. So, uh, this is uncharted territory for us. Your naughty list for the 2021 year in sports.
1: Yes, when I, you know, I I looked at your list, Griffin, and I thought there are lots of great choices there. Um, Mine sort of all fell under one umbrella, I noticed as I was listing them out. And it's really sad to me, uh, you know, not to not to bring the mood down too much because we we are celebrating Christmas on this episode and celebrating the holiday season. But one thing that continues to come up time, time again, you know, it's it's a reckoning that I think uh, is Continuing to be felt, uh, especially in the sports world, I think, you know, it's still ongoing and will continue to be felt for years to come. But um, uh, the cases of sexual assault and sexual impropriety, I think, are dominated the headlines this year. Uh, I have a few examples here. The Portland Trailblazers hiring Chauncey Billups, who has sexual assault allegations against him. Uh, The Dallas Mavericks, of course, hiring Jason Kidd. You know, and both uh, you know Chauncey Billups, a rookie head coach, so maybe too soon to pass judgment. We've seen enough of Jason Kidd to know that uh, he is as inept of a coach as he is a bad person. So uh, that's that there. The National Women's Soccer League, of course, had a huge uh, scandal rock them through you know consistent behaviors by a number of different coaches and has sort of led to a whole shakeup in in that whole that whole sport. Honestly. Uh, and then you know the Houston Texans, they are sort of be- being punished for their behavior uh, surrounding Deshaun Watson with a truly terrible football team, and of course the big one, uh, especially in Canada, the Chicago Blackhawks. That whole scandal surrounding uh, the sexual assault that went on there was really, uh, I think, shocked and horrified a lot of people this year. So it it was that there are numerous examples, and the fact that I could off the top of my head that took me about 20 seconds to write that list down and i can name four different examples of it that were still ongoing uh in sports today i think it shows that there needs to be continued awareness and discussion about this
0: yeah absolutely chris i think you said that really well uh of course you would hope that this reckoning that has come around that has just started to come around this year will result in more people being held accountable for their actions and more and fewer cultures where this could ever Mm -hmm. be a situation where it could grow and uh, prosper the way that it has in professional sports for decades and decades. Uh, It's been horrible this year to learn about all the different examples, like you said, but um, yeah, definitely (laughs) deserves a place on the naughty list (laughs) to really just trivialize the entire horrible harrowing topic (laughs) oh my god what are we doing (laughs) okay
1: let's (laughs) let's just let's just chug right through that and then move on to the nice list griffin because we have lots of great uh people who have been deserving of praise this year yeah
0: these are the people i really want to focus on uh The nice list, as always, Christmas a time for focusing on that. Number one on my nice list was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm. He was finally crowned an NBA champion in 2021 after sticking with the Milwaukee Bucks when everyone said that he should leave and would leave. And on top of being a great player who has gifted us all with the uh, present of just getting to watch him play basketball, he truly seems, to all outward appearances, like one of the best people in all of sports. He really appreciates... Where he came from, he takes nothing for granted, and you always see stories of Giannis going out of his way to greet fans, to uh just he knows the power that he has to make, especially a young fans day. So I want to give a big shout out to Giannis on my nice list. Truly seems like one of the nicest people in all sports. Yeah, you know, you talked about uh
1: the anti-vaccin sports, sort of their misuse of the platform. I think Giannis is a great example of Using your platform, he's he's obviously a great story. You know, he came from poverty uh, in Greece and rose to be you know one of the biggest athletes in the world. I think no one really dislikes Giannis, and you know unless you're a Suns fan who likes counting to ten seconds a lot. Uh, so definitely a, a more than deserved place on the nice list. Uh, my first nice list, I, I went a, maybe a little bit more Toronto centric than I uh, intended, but I think you have to add. One of the, uh, an early contender for one of the nicer guys in the NBA, I think, Scotty Barnes, he has just, he has lit up my heart <laughs> um, yeah. since he, since he joined the Raptors and really before he joined the Raptors, as you'll recall, I was uh, pushing for his drafting uh, pretty early on and I will continue to take credit for that. Um, but yeah, his, his personality, his, you know, he is in many ways, it seems the ultimate teammate. He loves encouraging other people he is a very kind person by all accounts griffin we have a friend who has associations with the raptors and they have told us that scotty barnes was a a very nice person to interact with and you know he he's the kind of person who claps for defense and i think that uh i think that that kind of person is anything a team could want anything a fan base could want and he has just been in a Toronto Raptors season that has been very up and down, he has certainly been one of the major bright spots.
0: Yeah, it's been great to watch Scotty this year. Definitely, as you said, coming for Giannis's crown of nicest guy in the NBA. Uh, yeah, truly nothing to say except I agree it's a great choice. Scotty Barnes, nicelist certified. But I'm <laughs> going to come back at stamp. you with a, just like Scotty Barnes, another generational talent. Uh, this guy definitely seems like a nice guy, but he mostly belongs on this list for the gift that he gave us all baseball season long. Shohei Otani, uh, it was an honor, it was a privilege watching what you did this year. Uh, you were very nice to stay healthy for us and do that, so thanks Shohei. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I, I, I'm i going to talk about Shohei Otani in another segment, so I won't even dwell on it too long, but yeah, certainly... Uh, I think once we see those kinds of things happen, we start to take it for granted. And I think that we shouldn't ignore what a crazy thing it was that we saw that and how really fortunate we are to see that, uh, the kind of season he had in our lifetime. Um, Griffin, another member of my nice list, I'm sticking with basketball for the moment. I'm putting the WNBA as a whole on the nice list. Uh, the WNBA had a fantastic year. They, uh, they they really have sort of seemed to be gaining in popularity over the last couple of years, which is really exciting to see. Obviously, uh, we are both big fans of women's sports in uh, in this room, and so it's been really heartening to see the especially the attention and support that uh, that NBA players have given to the sport. Uh, I think has been really encouraging to see. And then you know you have this this boosted platform certainly, and people have been hungry for sports, and then. The WNBA delivered with a really fantastic uh, WNBA Finals. That was a very entertaining series. Um, some true giants of the game uh, playing in that finals. You know, two, two all-time goat contenders and Diana Taurasi and Candace Parker, and just a really exciting series overall. So WNBA had a had a great year, and I think that that's going to continue for years to come yeah
0: not only did the WNBA give us the gift of incredible basketball all season long in an era where we're starting to see more athletes taking a stand and being active uh for social change uh the WNBA and women athletes in general continue to do it more than any other league and better than any other league so a big shout out to them as well uh chris i'm gonna come at you with a 10 uh i think this counts as sports but one of the uh people who wanted to who I wanted to shout out for the nice list this year is Jason Sudeikis and the entire team over at Ted Lasso which is of course a show about soccer uh truly one of maybe the best show of the last however many years I cannot emphasize enough how important this show is and its discussion on mental health its discussion on uh, athlete activism in season two and so much more so a big shout out to Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, and the rest of the team at Ted Lasso. Thank you for everything. Nice list.
1: Yeah, a great choice. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's one of the nicest shows on television, nothing else. So certainly more than belonging on the nice list.
0: And also a great Christmas special. If you uh, oh. if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, uh, I would recommend at least try to find the season two, episode four, I believe it's episode four, Carol of the Bells. It came out in August, which was weird, but a, a really, really great Christmas special. Oh, I've not seen the second
1: season, so I will definitely uh, try and check that out soon. Uh, very quickly, uh, one member of my nice list that I'm going to you know, throw back to our earlier discussion, the Detroit Lions, I think were, uh, were a great feel-good story, You know, sort of the Rudy of, uh, of professional sports this year, uh, constantly inept, constantly sort of unlucky in trying to find their victories, but did eventually pull it off. We talked about the impact that Dan Campbell has had on that team, uh, and I think that that's, that's just been a, a really nice story to see. But another member of my nice list has been an athlete who really captured a lot of, a lot of eyes and hearts and minds, especially in Canada this year, Leila Fernandez. I mean, one of my top sports memories of this year was, uh, we, uh, Griffin, you and I were together up, at, uh, up, up north in a cabin in the woods, more or less, not to uh, allude to a horror film.
0: That's a good one. That actually is a horror movie that I've seen. Very good.
1: Yeah, very funny as well. Yeah. So good, good fit for you. But yes, uh we were up in a cabin in the woods. Uh it was right near it was the start of football season as well. It was at the US Open
0: semifinal. It was the semifinal, yeah.
1: Yes, and we were people were flipping back and forth, and you know there was some debate about whether people, I believe, people wanted to watch some Blue Jays as well.
0: Yeah, they were in the middle of a playoff push.
1: The Buccaneers and Cowboys were playing. That ended up being a great game, but eventually, all of the uh, all of the discussion about where the TV would be situated on ceased as people rallied behind Layla Fernandez when she won that game. There was a great outpouring of excitement and joy. I think any time, any athlete really can sort of rally a, a group of people in that way it's very exciting and having it be a young canadian woman who you know uh, a person of color as well who has sort of been being the person to unite the country that's that's very very exciting to see yeah
0: i loved that inclusion when i saw it on your list a uh, big shout out to Layla fernandez uh i'm going to keep it on the theme of canadian women and blo- and the next spot on my nice list is a double feature going to the Canadian women's national soccer and hockey teams. Of course, the hockey team beat the USA in the World Championships this year, Marie-Philippe Poulin, with the great goal that nobody knew went in at first in overtime. So a big shout-out to them for beating the USA, always one of the best sporting matches of the year when those two countries go to -to head-to-head women's hockey. But a special shout-out to the Canadian women's national soccer team who captured Olympic gold That shootout, good God, heart in the throat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out especially to uh, Stephanie LeBay, goaltender who stood strong in that penalty shootout, So and Christine Sinclair, of course. Julia Grosso, who scored the winning goal. The whole team, thank you for bringing, like you said, Chris, uniting the country behind our amazing athletes and giving us all something to cheer about this year. It really was absolute blast getting to cheer for a good soccer team.
1: Yeah, another, uh, another very, very memorable sports moment for me this year. And actually, another sports moment that took place uh, in a cabin for me. I was at the cottage with my family. It was the first time that we had uh, been able to sort of gather as a family for an extended period since uh, the start of COVID. So we were all together. The Olympics were, of course, taking place at that time. There was that sort of moment of... We weren't. We were trying to uh, not monopolize the the limited Wi-Fi in in the woods, and so or it was on Manitoulin Island actually, uh, and so we were more like we. I was refreshing Devin Haru's Twitter feed. Shout out to Devin, an amazing reporter, had some amazing Olympic coverage this year. You oh know, yeah, he you was great. I'm putting Devin on the nice list. <laughs> he had a fantastic year. He was covering the curling uh, qualifiers recently, but yes, his his whole saga with uh, Japanese, uh, I believe they're called Konbini's, basically. Oh, the 7-Elevens? Yes, the 7-Elevens, the Japanese convenience stores. That was a, a really exciting uh, uh, thing to follow, quite yeah. honestly. And he sort of became a, a minor celebrity in Japan for that. So that was really fun to watch. So shout out to Devin as well. Yeah, and, a uh, must
0: follow on Twitter if you're a Canadian sports fan, Devin Haru.
1: Yeah, and great coverage of uh, of that soccer game, which I, I was refreshing frantically in order to find out what was going on with the... Uh, with the game
0: yeah we got to get you into a cabin for more major <laughs> international sporting events it's good luck then all positive
1: results but griffin uh in the interest of expedience i believe you have one more yes i got on one nice list.
0: one last uh, slot on my night list nice list pardon me and it goes to simone biles the greatest gymnast of all time who of course uh, made her waves off the mat this year With her uh, brave stance on mental health. So, a big shout out to her for encouraging discussion around mental health. She, of course, went through a lot of criticism and a lot of uh, flack for her decision to pull out of the Olympics. But in the end, she reminded us all that athletes are human beings first. And as much as we love to cheer these people on, uh, it's not something that it's not our right that they have to go out there and compete for us if they can't handle it. And uh, so a big shout out to Simone for really showing us all, A, how hard it can be to still talk about mental health in 2021. And uh, secondly, yeah, just athletes are people first.
1: Yeah, it was a, that was a, I'm sure an extremely difficult decision for her. That was obviously a very, very big story during that Olympics and Naomi Osaka as well. uh, Yeah, I, I
0: meant to mention her as well. Yes.
1: Yes, uh, shedding some light and bringing some awareness to, to those issues, which I think you know it, it. You know, certainly in our circles, we are big sports fans, but I I would hope across the country, really, and across the world, uh, sparking some conversations about mental health and about being being more aware of that uh, in the athlete context. Right, Chris, do we this has been a marathon opener? <laughs> do we want to take a little break? Yeah, we will be right back with high floor, low ceiling to celebrate a different holiday. What? Oh. And welcome back to High Floor, Low Ceiling, uh, the Christmas edition, the holiday special. Oh,
0: you- oh, High Floor, Low Ceiling. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Uh, I was just wondering, do you, do you like, uh, I feel like the this is a, a running bit that I've had, a running thing that I like to talk about, is the, the Christmas song or the anything Christmas themed where the way that it always ends is that, it plays jingle bells do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah How, like, like it'll be like a, a song will finish and then like in like the background you be like bling, bling 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 bling
0: bling and there's like an orchestral I swell i absolutely know exactly what you're talking about i feel like it's been done i feel like we're done with that trope <laughs> what been, about you
1: it's been done quite a bit i do i find it very funny because uh, because it's something that i've taken notice of in recent years so it, it does entertain me it does tickle me a little
0: so jingle bells like doesn't have to be a christmas song it does not mention christmas at all it's just about winter it's and true. actually i believe uh if i'm getting this right it was originally supposed to be like a thanksgiving song that's very interesting um but speaking of things that are not
1: christmas <laughs> griffin you you have uh you've cooked up a little segment for us that is discussing a different winter holiday.
0: Yes, well, my family celebrates Christmas every year, but we also celebrate Hanukkah every year. Uh, I'm Jewish on my dad's side. Uh, Chris, have you ever participated in a Hanukkah celebration? I have not. I am familiar
1: with the the book Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins, uh, which I imagine you have some familiarity with as well, perhaps.
0: uh, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, There is, of course, the Rugrats holiday special, which I think is how a lot of non-Jewish kids get introduced to Hanukkah. Um, But I figured in the spirit of Hanukkah, we could give out eight presents to various figures around the uh, sporting world. Of course, eight nights of Hanukkah. And you, not sure if you know this, but typically at Hanukkah, the gifts are not huge. You give them out eight nights. So uh, they tend to be just little things. So I thought these would be maybe small gifts. Um, But I would like to start with a gift card. (laughs) That I am giving to the Denver Broncos, but it's not just any gift card. The first night of Hanukkah, I would like to give a gift card to the quarterback store, to the Denver Broncos. I think the Broncos have a great team. They've got a great young wide receiver core, a great defense, even after the trade of Von Miller. But all they're really missing is an elite quarterback. There's going to be a couple available in the offseason this year, we think. So uh, I would love to see Russell Wilson Sporting that mile high orange, so a gift card to the quarterback store on the first night of Hanukkah to the Denver Broncos.
1: Yeah, that would be very cool. Um, You know, we talk a lot about all these teams, you know, with rookie quarterbacks and how they're going to build around that. And I think we need to we need to give some more love to the teams that have everything but the quarterback. And maybe uh, you know, kick kick a quarterback their way, and suddenly you have a new Super Bowl contender on your hands. So I love that pick. Uh, On the second night of Hanukkah, I'm going to give. Uh, a pair of high heels to two particular people in my life and in the sport world's life. Uh, Kem Birch and Precious Achua are the people who I am giving these platform shoes to because uh, I think both of them, uh, maybe more so Kem Birch, Precious Achua has definitely had his moments, uh, had a bit of an up and down year, but uh, the, the clarion call from many among the Raptors fan base is that they need more size, and I think that both Ken Birch and Precious Achua bring some great things to the table, things that you want to see in your big man, but are a little lacking in the height department. So I'm going to give them some high heels. They're going to no longer stand in that, you know, 6'9", maybe 6'10 range. They're going to be legit seven footers clacking around on the hardwood and they're going to, uh, to provide the size for the Raptors.
0: I like that a lot. Uh, Just get that little boost. Of course, another potential gift, maybe Miles Turner. We got the rumors about the Mm -hmm. Indiana Pacers tearing it down. That would be a fit I would like to see. Uh, On the third night of Hanukkah, Chris, got three candles burning in the menorah now. I would like to give our hometown hero, Austin Matthews, a whistle Mm -hmm. for his gift because recently made noise that Austin Matthews has not drawn a single penalty in the 2021-2022 NHL season. Not a single penalty has been called for actions upon Austin Matthews Which, even if that's not like 100% true, that was what Sheldon Keefe claimed, uh, it's clearly not been a lot. Uh, So for Austin, I would like to give him a whistle. He can blow it every time he is hooked Mm -hmm. or held or tripped or cross-checked, which happens all the time. The same gift, you know, what we could re-gift it to Connor McDavid if we really wanted to. He's going through his own similar problems. So to the NHL superstars around the world, but specifically Austin and Connor, a whistle. For the third night of Hanukkah.
1: Yes, the, the ability to call your own fouls is a, a potent one in... Uh, it's a playground classic. In pro sports. Um, Griffin, on the fourth night of Hanukkah, I believe is where we're at, uh, I have a... Well, I, I was going to say... I was going to... I was talking about the Detroit Lions earlier. I obviously have some level of affection for them. Uh, shout out to friend of the podcast, Connor. Speaking oh, yeah. of Connors, uh, who is a big Lions fan, a very... Uh, often waylaid and you know fallen upon hard times certainly yes beaten down is the right word for it um but and so I wanted to give the Detroit Lions a gift I wanted to give them a great offensive line which you know would set them up if they want to draft a quarterback this year or acquire a quarterback then you put a great offensive line around them you protect that quarterback you set them up for the next you know 10 plus years with a great quarterback and and an offensive line to protect them but I thought that was a little too heavy for the uh, the smaller Hanukkah gifts, so instead I would like to just give them a center, just one piece on the offensive line, a very important piece uh, as well. Obviously, uh, a lot of responsibility that the center takes on that offensive line, and so I'm going to give them just one player, just a center to to anchor that offensive line, and then then they can they'll have to build it out themselves in the future. But I'm giving them the starter pack.
0: I like that a lot. That's very in the spirit of Hanukkah. Uh, of course, they, the Lions also do have Panay Sewell at tackle, mm-hmm. one of the best young tackles in all of football. So I think between that and your gifted center, they've got quite the uh, quite the offensive line growing there. But you know what? It We've moved past the Shumas. Now we're on to the second side of the menorah. Uh, and for the fifth night of Hanukkah, I am giving a plane ticket to uh, Luca Doncic, a absolute superstar in the nba who currently is stuck with the dallas mavericks Luca, this plane ticket will fly you to 29 other cities in the nba <laughs> wow. and once you land if you choose to get out and stay with that new team that is up to you but Luca, this is a plane ticket out of dallas for luka Doncic. hashtag free Luca. <laughs> they can't keep doing this to my boy a get out of jail
1: free card you could also uh describe that as when you when I saw in the doc that you had a plane ticket for Luka Doncic, I was like, oh, like, he can go home to Slovenia. He can get some rest and relaxation. He oh, can. no, he, we have to get him out of Dallas, <laughs> But Chris. No, you are just transplanting him, and, and I like it. Um, Griffin, on the sixth night of Hanukkah, My I'm true going love gave to... gave to me. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to, once again, harken back to someone we were talking about earlier, Shohei Otani. I'm going to... <laughs> Much like Bill Gates has been doing to us with the COVID vaccine. Oh boy. I'm going to be injecting him with some nanobots, and these nanobots will ensure that the ligaments in his arm will remain as healthy as possible for the rest of his career. Obviously, we saw a historic season from Otani where he was an elite hitter as well as a, a very, very good starting pitcher as well. I would love to see that continue for the rest of his career, obviously. Pitchers are very prone to injuries, and you know, playing both both sides of the ball can will obviously maybe uh, increase his propensity for injury. I don't want that to happen, so I am giving him these nanobots in his bloodstream to uh, to keep things kosher, not to make a Jewish reference, <laughs> but to, to to lock things down in terms of his health, uh, especially in the arm
0: in the arm department. I thought that was very generous when I saw that on the list. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe a little more expensive than some other Well, you know, gifts. it's worth it for Shohei. Uh, agreed. And my last uh, night, the seventh night of Hanukkah, I am gifting the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, Hanukkah is a holiday that is based around a miracle, so I thought we could really get a little miraculous up here. I'm gifting them the gift of time travel so that they can go back in time and not trade for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russ has been looking a little better of late, but still, I think at this point, that trade is looking like a disaster for the Lakers. Uh, might be proven wrong on this one, but so far, oof. So, uh, I'm giving them the chance to hang on to Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and more. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, yep. Maybe even sign Lonzo Ball or DeMar DeRozan. Wow. Uh, and yeah, this is the gift of an undo button for the Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Yeah, I thought that you were, uh, again, when I, I misinterpreted the doc, I thought you were maybe going for uh, turning back the clock on LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, maybe about 10 years each, but <laughs> you are going for, for the undo button. And I think that is uh, very apropos. Uh, I was actually inspired by your choice, and I am adding a, a button of my own uh, The in the opposite direction. I am gifting uh, on the eighth crazy night of Hanukkah... I'm gifting the Detroit Pistons a fast forward button because I love the construction of the Pistons lineup. You know, they have uh, a lot of great young talent, Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, a lot of guys who really, really fit together well. And I think will will be a really solid core in a couple of years, but they're going to have to wait through a lot of losses before that happens. They'll presumably be adding another probably top five pick uh, this year as well. So we're gonna we're gonna fast forward a couple of years. We're gonna age those guys up. We're gonna have this great young core, uh, all you know, starting to come into their own and playing well. And so we're going to skip the next couple of years and make the Pistons into at least a at least a solid playoff contender, if not a you know something more than that.
0: I like it a lot. Good days in Detroit. When you fast forward. When we get to the end of the fast forwarding, is Dwayne Casey still the head coach of the Detroit Pistons?
1: That is a great question. Um, you know, I, you know, not to self promote here, but I work on the. <laughs> Are you pushing yourself as the head coach <laughs> of the Detroit Pistons? <laughs> I could coach the Detroit Pistons, I will say. Um, but no, on, on the uh, the Raptors Republic post game show, the wrap up something that was discussed uh, after a recent game was sort of the idea of a uh, if if Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse's defensive scheme might be too complicated for the Raptors, and so the, the analogy he made was sort of that he was trying to teach AP calculus when some of the players maybe you know need their their basic algebra. And so, over the course of that discussion, Dwayne Casey was sort of described as the the high school math teacher in that analogy. So mm. once you fast forward a couple of years, you know we're we're sort of going from the high school years to the college years for for these uh, Detroit
0: Pistons. So I think that maybe. They have a, a new professor a new behind professor. the bench. All right. Well, that those were our eight gifts of Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, I think we really made a lot of lives better. <laughs> sure. We're, we're very magnanimous people. Yeah, we gave out some gifts. It's nice. It's the season of giving, no matter which holiday you celebrate. Absolutely. Uh, and we are... We're running a little long, but this, I think, is going to be our last episode of 2021, Chris. So we'll get a little bonus content mm-hmm. in here. Uh, I wanted to have some fun. I thought that the two of us... For the final segment of the the first year of High Floor, Low Ceiling, mm-hmm. um, we could write our very own sports Christmas movie. So sports movies, of course, a very popular genre. Christmas movies, a very popular genre. Each with the, all of their own stereotypes and central columns that a lot of the movies of the genre seem to share. So... Um, I thought that it would be fun for us to write our very own sports Christmas movie. But first, I want to get a little bit of context just to see where we're each coming from with our vibes mm-hmm. on what we look for in a Christmas movie. So I thought before we get into that, we could quickly give our top five Christmas movies of all time.
1: Yes. And I, I want you to go ahead because you have what I would I would characterize as a very classic list, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that at all, but I feel like you, you tend to hit on some of the... The time-honored, beloved classics. Yeah, your list. No. and
0: like that is, I think, part of what I love about Christmas. It's a time for tradition. It's a time to do the same thing every year with the same people every year. And while it's always great to add new traditions, I do love a good old-fashioned Christmas with uh, some good movies that I watch every year. So uh, my top five. In fifth place, I have the original Miracle on Thirty-fourth Street. Uh, One of the most heartwarming films I've ever seen, the black and white version. Uh, The performance by Edmund Gwen as Santa Claus, or not Santa Claus, uh, as Chris. Is he Santa Claus? No one knows. Uh, I don't know. Is one of the, I think, one of my favorites in any movie I've ever seen. He captures the spirit of that character so well. So Miracle on 34th Street, my fifth. Number four, something we mentioned already, the Netflix original from just a few years ago. We're going from a 80-year-old movie to a three or four-year-old movie in Klaus truly 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 one of the most heartwarming tear-jerking love lovely Christmas movies I've ever seen cannot recommend it enough if you have not yet seen Klaus Klaus pardon me number three we've got Elf Uh, like we said 21st century classic number two I've got a Christmas story Uh, I think my mom's favorite Christmas movie one that I've seen many many times Uh, it's full of hilarious moments really captures the feeling of being a kid around Christmas so well so a big shout out to uh, A Christmas Story and then at number one in my mind the undisputable number one Christmas movie of all time you can check any list that's number one in all of them Uh, It's a Wonderful Life yay (laughs) Um, but number one for a reason if you haven't seen it it's definitely a movie you should see at least once Uh, if you have seen it you probably watch it every year You'll cry. Yeah. Uh, just a, I, I can't say anything that hasn't been said better by a hundred people bef- before me. A beautiful Christmas b- movie, the best Christmas movie of all time.
1: Yeah, some fantastic picks, Griffin. I actually have not seen four of the five films on your list.
0: Really? I, I know. Well, you've got some
1: homework to do over the next few weeks. Absolutely, and I will be relishing that homework. I am
0: Uh, really excited for your list, Chris. You are a big movie person. I always love hearing your movie takes. You've always got some interesting things that I've never heard of. So I'm really excited to hear what you have. Yes, my list is certainly a little more esoteric. Um, I am probably missing
1: some somewhere. Uh, But the number five on my list is the holiday classic Gremlins. uh, The Joe Dante comedy, horror, Christmas fantasy film film. Uh, I originally saw this film when I was very young because it was rated PG and so my parents thought that it was okay. But as it turns out, Griffin... (laughs) Not okay. (laughs) As it turns out, the reason that the PG-13 rating was invented was because the film Gremlins and also uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were both rated PG and then people took their kids to them and they were horrified. And so that's why PG-13 was invented and so, and truly, I have a I have an extremely distinct memory of us going. Well, it's PG, so it's okay for us to watch. I think I was probably maybe about eight years old, so my brother would have been ten or eleven years old. Uh, and so we watched Gremlins, and we were horrified. Uh, a Gremlin has exploded in a microwave at one point. Yeah, uh, it's a very gnarly film, very enjoyable, and and some <laughs> surprisingly effective uh, holiday theming as well. So that, that's it's a nice treat. Uh, my number four. Is a, a, a classic. I'm sure it's high on your list as well. Home Alone. I watch it every year. Yeah, with Macaulay Culkin. Uh, we have had some discussions on Twitter about the new film Home Sweet Home Alone. Which uh, like you of,
0: apparently are the only person on the planet who liked.
1: Yes, a, a soft reboot of the franchise slash sequel. Um, a, a really a really enjoyable film. Just very undeniable. Uh, I don't want to accuse anyone of being disingenuous, but I do believe that. People came in with an agenda against that film. People decided that because it was a remake and because the first Home Alone movie is so beloved that no matter what, they were not going to like this movie. And I think that if you come into a movie, much like if you come into a horror movie deciding you're going to laugh at it, then you're going to laugh. If you come into a movie deciding that you're not going to like
0: it, you're not going to like it. And so. That's definitely true. Does the laughing at horror movie thing work? Can I use that to not be scared during horror movies? It is definitely effective. If you just go in thinking, this is
1: this is a movie. This is dumb. This is fake. It all looks fake. Like you can just mm. sort of decide that it looks fake, and then you will start to see see the cracks in it a little. So
0: maybe I'll have to try that.
1: I've had a I've had a viewing of Halloween uh, with a friend who was not really in the mood to be spooked, and so we we had some laughs watching it. And I've also had a watch of Halloween where I was very very scared. So there's there's a there's a lot of a lot the, of different ways the to enjoy power of the mind. Absolutely. Uh, My number three film, I I I did not mention her in this podcast. I mentioned her in the file that was corrupted, corrupted. But uh, the the Nancy Myers film, The Holiday. Mm. uh, Nancy Myers, you know, one of the one of our coziest filmmakers. uh, And this film, you know, people complain it's too long. They are wrong. Uh, This is the film with Jack Black, Kate Winslet, uh, Cameron Diaz, and Jude Law as. Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet play two women who switch homes for the holiday season and uh, and get more than they bargained for oh. on their holidays. So very enjoyable. Lots of uh, nice, cozy aesthetics to it. Lots of themes of love and family and togetherness and all of that nice stuff. And so I a very enjoyable watch, in my opinion. Uh, my number two is the one that we share, Griffin. It's the film Elf. Uh, we've talked about it extensively on this yeah. podcast. Really good movie. Good film. Uh, and my number one, this is <laughs> very far field, I will say. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this film. It's directed by uh, one of the great directors of our generation, Todd Haynes. Uh, and the film is called Carol. Are you familiar with this movie at all, Griffin?
0: I feel like I've vaguely heard of it. Is it a
1: Christmas horror movie? It is not a horror movie. I would, I would characterize it as a, a romantic drama. Oh, okay. Uh, it stars Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Uh, and Rooney Mara plays a woman at a toy store who encounters this uh, uh, somewhat mysterious, somewhat alluring uh, wealthy woman named Carol. and they spark up this romance. Uh, you know, there, there's some drama to it. It's not necessarily a uh, strictly a good vibes movie, but a very beautiful film, a very a very uh, a wonderful movie romance. Uh, kyle chandler is great in a supporting role as carol's husband so there's some drama to be had there and and lots of christmas theming obviously between the toy store and there's some christmas scenes in it as well so uh, okay that, that's my that's my number one not a strictly uh a typical christmas movie but certainly when i was looking uh you know googling around for christmas movies that was one that came up a few times and is one of my favorite movies, so I had to have. we will have there. to
0: check that one out. I like a, an unorthodox pick, and of course,
1: I, th- I feel like since we're talking about orthodox picks, we have to mention Die Hard. Just stop.
0: Not a Christmas. Stop
1: movie. talking about it. Not a Christmas. It's not movie. worth. It's not worth it. You're taking years off your life having this discussion. <laughs> Just stop it. Watch the movie if you want. Don't watch it if you don't want. Just stop.
0: Just out of curiosity, do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: Um, sure. Yeah, I mean it does take place at christmas like
0: but there has to be more to it than that.
1: but i think that christmas i think that the christmas season of it like it plays a role in the plot the it's about him coming home for christmas that's sort of the the idea of it there's some christmas theming to it as well um and you know like i think i think i would probably consider carol more of a christmas movie but i am open to movies that you know don't even necessarily Entirely take place at Christmas. Maybe they just have a pivotal scene at Christmas. Things like that, like Iron Man Three. Sure, why not? Shane. All the films of Shane Black. Um, and then you know, just while we're talking about another uh, great, great film, Black Christmas, uh, the horror film, a, a seminal horror film, a predecessor to Halloween, a great film that uh, I would recommend to anyone except you. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad
0: to hear that. Um, but that's good to know. I think I feel like quickly. We're... Yeah, I feel like we're coming to a, a pretty pretty similar place on good Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. you got to have heart. you got to have Definitely. magic. Definitely. And I feel like a lot of that is the same with a good sports movie. You need an underdog. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like if we need a good sports movie and a good Christmas movie, all good Christmas movies have a kid sure. at the center of them who has to, like, believe in Christmas. Uh, all good sports movies have an underdog who has to overcome great odds. No one ever made a sports movie about the 72-win Warriors. 73 win Warriors, pardon me. Um, and they all, both of these movies, well, this is just true for most movies, they have a climax at some point. There's a big game <laughs> that you have to win and you have to save Christmas. So that I feel like is where we're coming from on our sports Christmas movie.
1: Yes, it definitely has to have a traditional three-act structure. <laughs> Unless uh, you want to get avant-garde. Shout out to all the dramaturges out there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on all counts. I, I should mention, I don't know if you're familiar with this film, Griffin, but... Uh do you know do you know the Disney Channel original movie Full Court Miracle? No, I do not. This is a Hanukkah-themed basketball movie oh. that I think you Well, I guess definitely... we can we can just wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually nix the segment, but uh yeah, this is a it's a it's a great uh a great film in my opinion uh, about a basketball coach who takes over at a Jewish high school who uh surprisingly have not had a lot of success in the basketball world. What are you trying to say? And there's a lot of tribulations that are overcome. A lot of uh, he calls them as dogs, uh, and you know I won't spoil the the climactic moment, but there is a big game and there's a a big moment where that maybe has some parallels to uh, to the Hanukkah season, Griffin. Oh, so definitely, I think I think you would really enjoy watching that. I maybe. will definitely maybe have to check family. that out. It Hanukkah be...
0: has passed this year. It came very early this year, right? But uh, I. Doesn't mean you can't watch a Hanukkah movie a little sure, out of season. Come
1: on. Uh, but yeah, Full Court Miracle, definitely one. Uh, but yes, so the, the theme that I sort of hit upon quickly when I was thinking about this is when I think about Christmas and sports, I think about the NBA Christmas Day games. That is a, a tradition, at least in, in my home, among my, me and my brothers who are big basketball fans as well. You flip on those games. Like I said earlier, maybe you don't watch all of them. Maybe you're not, you know, fully tuned in all the time, but you you have that on, and that's sort of a, a presence in your Christmas life. And so, I was thinking about that, and then I was I was sort of thinking about the idea of Christmas being taken away, and so I thought about the 2012 NBA lockout, or 2011 perhaps, where uh, where the season was shortened, and the games began on Christmas Day. And so I think that there's something in there, the idea of Christmas is being taken away by this lockout or maybe it's about um, an NBA player who, you know, he sort of he has promised his family that he will be there for Christmas. But oh. then the lockout is ending and he is being called in to play on Christmas Day. And he sort of has to has to make some kind of uh, climactic decision about whether he's going to choose his family or the sport
0: he loves. That's a I like where you're going there. Yeah. You got to have someone trying to take away Christmas. Because mm-hmm. there's got to be something to save Christmas from. Um, so, yeah, the NBA, definitely, I agree with you, does own Christmas Day. The NFL has U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. The NHL has New Year's Day with the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Major League Baseball has Independence Day. They all sort of got their own holiday. But the NBA has definitely firmly, firmly staked out Christmas Day. So I like the idea of making this a basketball movie. Um, and then, yeah, maybe we have a kid who, yeah, their father... Has to play on Christmas Day.
1: The alternative is a is a like Mike scenario,
0: where the kid is in the NBA.
1: Yeah, and then and that's a you get the magic element in there as well. Oh,
0: (gasps) (laughs) is there is is do we have a bit of like a reverse monsters going on here, where a kid gets put in like an NBA player's body? See, I Griffin, I did not. I I was going to say. A
1: Freaky Friday situation. Oh,
0: of course.
1: Where the dad has to learn about how important Christmas is, and I think that the kid has to learn a little bit, like that his father's job is not as easy as he thinks. You know, he he sees his father, and let me just stop right here and say his father plays for the Knicks because as, we, as we've established, New York is New, the, yes, is yes, the Christmas movie city, and so his father is a star on the Knicks, and he thinks, oh, he has life so easy. He just, you know, he jets around, he plays basketball, you know, maybe there's footage of him, you know, partying at the clubs after the game, and it's like, he yeah, doesn't he have doesn't, time to call his kid.
0: Yeah, he doesn't care about me. He's never around. He misses my big recitals,
1: and... Yeah, and so, and then they, they end up in each other's body on Christmas Day, and the the kid has to learn about how difficult life is at home, how difficult, uh, well, sorry, the, the dad has to learn in the kid's body how difficult life is at home. Uh, how his wife, you know, is affected by his lifestyle and, you know, the things that uh, she hears about in the tabloids, and that must be hard. And so he needs to learn to have a little bit more of a heart. And then the kid has to learn that his dad has a tough job, you know, he, he has to deal with a lot of stuff and uh, and maybe show a little bit of sympathy towards his father. And, you know, maybe that maybe that love connection is what will ultimately switch them back just in time for him to hit
0: the fourth quarter shot. I love where you've gone with wow. this, Chris. A Freaky Friday situation is perfect. You get some sort of Christmas wish or Christmas wizard going on there that switches them in the first place. I feel like we maybe switch them a few days before right. Christmas Day.
1: And so the big, it's it's all about how were we going to get switched back before Christmas. Before the big game. And we can't tell. The mother slash wife, for some reason, she'd never believe you. She'd think you were crazy. Put you in the
0: loony bin. Yeah. Put
1: you in a rubber room.
0: You wouldn't be able to play the game.
1: Yeah. Um, And so, you know, they need to figure out how to get switched back. And eventually, uh, you know, the kid has to take the court and he is just disastrous. He gets put on the bench. um, But then, oh, and maybe there's a moment where he's sitting on the bench and the kid or the father, rather, in the kid's body has to come down and encourage him and tell him that. He believes in him. Yes, yes, and, and asked to be put in the game, and and maybe uh, maybe that's when the the kid hits the big shot, and that's the the catalyst for the switch to be
0: reversed. Yep, yeah, we find out, or maybe at some point we find out that like, the kid is like going through his dad's locker, and he opens it up, and it's like only pictures of the kid in there. Yeah, a, a Homer but Simpson do it for her type exactly, situation. Exactly, exactly. So maybe this guy's a bit of a better dad, and he's just trying his best and can't always do it, um, but. Yeah. So the dad has to discover the meaning of Christmas because he's been neglecting his family at Christmas time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he only cares about basketball. Mm-hmm. And the kid has to discover that uh, the that the power that his dad has over the emotional well being of everyone in New York City, and he has the uh. power to make or break a good Christmas with his performance.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. He, there's moments where he's out in the town. He realizes that. You know, his dad being a public figure, it's it's very stressful. You know, maybe that some people are accosting him. You know, you have those, maybe New
0: York Joe. Oh, New York Joe makes that's how we get in the movie. <laughs> yeah, we play that's played played our screenwriter Guys in a
1: trench coat, two new, <laughs> <playing> <laughs> one, new one on top of the other, <laughs> yeah, playing New York Joe. We're like, we're an 11 foot tall, person. hey, uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Johnson. That's the guy that's name. a good basketball name, Anthony Johnson. How. You always choke in the fourth quarter against the freaking Lakers. Oy. Come on, the Celtics. Sure, the Celtics, divisional rivals. <laughs> New
0: York, Boston, best rivalry. Oh, I um, hate
1: Boston. I hate. Hey, don't don't uh, don't don't talk. Oh, frick. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. You can pull I, this in. But ba, ba, Boston, Boston, yeah, yeah. I, Southie, you want to? You want to go talk to those? <laughs> Crick's over in New York. No, you got to stay here in Boston. Hey, what are you trying to say about New York? (laughs) There's a Um, a bit of tension on the pod today. And so, okay. So, and I think there's something where it's like, you know, oh, he has to go do this charity event where he's visiting kids in the hospital. And so he realizes like, wow, like my dad, like he's given me a good life. And also that, that as well, maybe, oh yeah. So maybe it's an orphanage. And so maybe it's like my dad, he's given me a good life. And also um, that, you know, like he, he creates, he, he's a, a hero to many right, people. And, right. you know, he, that, that comes with a lot of pressure, but also it comes with a lot of, uh, a lot of gratitude. And maybe he just has not realized that he needs to be his son's hero as well as everyone else in New York's hero.
0: Yeah. That, that seems like a good line for the wife to deliver. Yeah. Um, I and- I love this movie. Honestly, yeah. I think as soon as we came a car, as you, well, I mean, I think both we both yeah, hit upon on this the, the Freaky Friday, Friday concept idea. at the same time. This movie really unlocked.
1: Yeah. Um. So I think a princess pre- switch, if you will. Yeah, it's a princess switch situation, and I think the one thing we're missing, Griffin, is a title. Uh, at full Mir- miracle, that's a great title yeah. for a a holiday themed basketball movie. Is there something about something about switching on defense? <laughs> <laughs> that's not full, very full good court switch uh, uh we gotta have a
0: christmas thing in there as well yeah
1: there's a there's a ball there's a christmas ball uh, like an ornament considering uh considering
0: how long it took us to come up with a name for the actual podcast which was a several week process this uh-huh. might be this might be tough for us yeah um, um, what if it's what if uh what if the what if anthony
1: johnson's nickname because he's so tall he's like a kevin durant type okay and his nickname is
0: Tree Johnson,
1: That's something to do with a Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> we are giving this character a nickname just for the purpose of naming our movie. Well, of course, like you know, but when people
1: give people nicknames in movies, it's like you just made that up. Like, it's only thematically appropriate because you gave them the name. True, true. Uh, uh, but so then
0: tree, tree, farm, tree, trimming the tree. Uh, a, a star, oh, or a star. A, there's something. Oh that, yeah. What if it? Uh, the. Because Chris, yeah, that that works for st- sports and Christmas. Exactly. Uh, when s- you switch upon a star. Yes, I love that. switch upon a star.
1: Wow, this you, segment make the turned wish out on the
0: Christmas star. Yep, oh.
1: this segment turned out better than I ever could. Yeah, have hoped. I, I was a little worried because we truly came in here with like just a few ba- bare notes here but you had faith that we were going to get to something great. And
0: I think we really, yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I think we should absolutely start writing switch upon a Christmas star. <laughs> I switch, switch upon a star. Switch upon a star. Yeah. Right.
1: And I think Paramount will probably green light that in the room. Um,
0: yeah. All we need is the title.
1: Yeah. I mean, truly. Um, well, but sorry, you, you take it away. This is your show. Your oh, well, I, I, was just, to, I was just, I was going
0: to wrap it up if that's okay
1: uh, with you. It's, fine by me my good friend Uh, all right you know what griffin let me just say since uh since we are coming to the end of the first year of high floor low ceiling that it's just an absolute pleasure to come in here and do what we do here and it's been a pleasure to uh to sort of attract our our little fan base a little following our little community uh and i love uh i love everyone who interacts who listens who does anything with the podcast so truly from the bottom of our hearts we we do thank you for that
0: well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Chris. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah, so thanks a lot. No, uh, yeah, 2021 will always, in my mind, be a big year for me because we started this journey together, high floor, low ceiling, and as this is our last episode, yeah, a big thank you to everyone who is listening right now, who listened to any episode, uh, who told your friends, who tweeted at us, who told us in person that we like you, that you like the pod. We really appreciate you guys uh, joining us on this silly little journey that we're on. Uh, We're really grateful to all of you. And Chris, I'm grateful to you for joining me every week. I can't imagine a better partner to do this with. So thank you.
1: Wow. Some shade thrown to Justine.
0: That's a very different experience. Justine's great for that podcast and you're great for this podcast. I wouldn't want to switch you.
1: Absolutely. And I feel the same way about you and my brother. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't want to switch us. (laughs) Who I podcast with.
0: Well, I can never replace him. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, that, a a big shout out to all of our listeners, of course, in the American Midwest, a big Mm -hmm. shout out to our mysterious German listener. If you're out there, please tweet at us at high floor at HFLC podcast. We want to know who you are, but yeah, thanks to everyone for listening, guys. Uh, we can't appreciate it and can't tell you enough how much we appreciate it. Um, I think I speak on behalf of Chris and myself when I say please enjoy your holidays. Hope that mm. you get all the uh great time with the people that you love, and we will catch you in 2022. Yes, and until then, keep your uh
1: keep your snowfall wait
0: snowfall high. We want to we want a white Christmas.
1: Yeah, keep your snowfall high and your coal in the stocking low. Well, uh, we'll see you next year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs>